Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Another exciting episode 
of Our Own Voices Live. The title of our show today is Las Vegas Raiders Stadium Job Flyer. Or I should say fake. Or was it really misleading Las Vegas Raiders Stadium Job Flyer? We're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways we do that is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live actually came from Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine, where we talked about culture. We wanted to educate folks on African-American culture, including African-Americans, but we also wanted to learn other people's cultures because we figured the more we know about one another, the less fearful we are of one another, and the more in common we realize we truly have. So not only do we do our own voices, the print and digital magazine, we also have the weekly gathering located normally at the West Side Bistro, located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard inside of Nevada Partners. And on months with five Fridays, on that fifth Friday, we were at TC's Rib Crib. So Yesterday, we met at the West Side Bistro. Big shout out to all the folks who helped us out. And Chef Jeff, there who take care of us. And let me tell you, had the best clam chowder in Las Vegas. And hey, that's not a paid PSA. That's just how I feel about it. So if you get a chance, swing down there. And if you're looking for me, you can find me there usually on Fridays between about 12 to 2, sometimes for the after meeting a little bit longer. And then we do things like community activities, as we did today, which is why I'm late getting into the air, is we did the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Statue Cleanup, which happens the third Saturday of every month, starting at 10 a.m. Usually it lasts about an hour, but it's also an opportunity for people in the community to meet and greet one another, and I think I spent a little too much time meeting and greeting today, but I am with you now, so that tells you a little bit about what we do in the Speak Up Network with our own voices and what we have going on with today's show. So let me read you, again, the name of the show today is, it it actually comes from someone producing a flyer that people believe meant that there were going to be jobs Uh, accessible to them at the Las Vegas Radiums Stadium uh, Advisory Board, which was uh, Thursday. And so the name of our show today is Misleading Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders Stadium Job Flyer. And just to give you a little background as to what was supposed to happen uh, is a flyer, promoting, and it actually said it, pre-job recruitment sign-up, and it attracted more than 700 people, and the majority of these were black people, 
uh, to a regularly scheduled meeting of the Las Vegas Stadium Authority Board. And this is, you can read this in an uh, Associated Press article. It was on, ES, on the ESPN website and all over. And there's a link we have uh, on our page for it as well. A representative has disclosed that there is a 15% state mandated set-aside for small businesses. Now, notice that it said mandated set-aside for small businesses. Now, small business, not exactly what many people might think. You think of small business as a mom and pop shop, a few employees, but really a small business can actually have thousands of employees. So it's really by the earnings. And then there's some other things that determine what actually a small business is. So there's a set-aside, and it's 15% for small businesses. Uh, there's also going to be a community benefit agreement. And what a community benefit agreement typically does is figure out, well, how is it best, whatever it is that we're doing, or in this case, uh, providing construction jobs and opportunities for people, how will this best benefit the community? And this is something that's been agreed upon by the Raiders as well as Las Vegas and I believe our legislature. So there's going to be 15% set aside, and then there'll be a community benefit agreement. And that'll be discussed in with hiring in their upcoming meeting, uh, the stadium authority meeting in August. So one of the questions that we had about this particular flyer was, do the ends justify the means? Last week, we did a show which was about the lack of leadership in the black community. Was this flyer an example of what can happen without structured leadership? Give us a call, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Press option one if you would like to speak, and because that will give me an indication that you're not only listening, but you also want to talk. Because I do want to get your opinion on this, if we can. And you can also chime in on our Facebook page called Our Own Voices Live. And we have an event today of the same title as our blog talk show. And let us know, do the ends justify the means? So what may the ends have been? It's been suggested to me that the flyer was produced as it was to try to get maximum the maximum number of people at the stadium authority board to prove to them and or show them that black people want to work and also to sort of a show of force. And if, in fact, those jobs did not seem to be materializing, that it was also a database of people that could be sort of activated by the organizer to protest the Raider Stadium. And I will admit, 700 people is a sizable number of people. Uh, it also brought attention to the need and the desire of black people for jobs here in Las Vegas. So it definitely did that. But do the end justify the means? In other words, could they have just simply put out a flyer that says come down for public comment 
about jobs for the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. That's a thought, right? So what I want to do, and there's a picture of the flag on on the, uh, excuse me, of the flyer on the events page. But what I want to do is I want to read to you a description of the flyer. So it's a flyer, white background. In the upper left-hand corner, it has Churches of Southern Nevada logo. Churches of Southern Nevada is a group of uh, pastors representing their churches who meet regularly every other Tuesday, and they discuss things associated with the community and see how they can involve and engage with the community as well as their congregations. And then in the upper right-hand corner, it has a logo that says Get Active Foundation, and it's a G and an A. In the middle between the two logos, is it, looks, it appears to be a picture of, I believe it's a black female, with a work belt on. In other words, she looks like a construction worker. And then just underneath that, immediately underneath that, in large, bold letters, it jobs with three exclamation points, jobs, three exclamation points, jobs, three exclamation points. In other words, jobs, jobs, jobs. 89106 to 89030, those are the local zip codes here that represent uh, the historic West Side and areas that have large black populations, or at least historically. Now, that's in bold black letters at the top just underneath the logos. And then underneath that, in a different font, it says pre-job recruitment signups. Pre-job recruitment signups. And then underneath that, in bold letters, it says, looking for 5,000 black men and women who want to go to work, ages 18 to 60. And then in bold letters again, ex-offenders welcome. And then in a uh, not bold print, it says, free pre-apprenticeship and OSHA 30 training available. Then it says in large letters, over 25,000 union and non-union jobs coming available. In red letters and uppercase, don't miss out. Then underneath that towards the bottom, it says in bullet points on the left, Raider Stadium, Resorts World Hotel and Casino, MGM Resorts Expansion, then on the right side in uh, uh, bullet, it says Convention Center it's expansion, Wind Resorts expansion, Caesars Entertainment expansion. And then it says when Thursday, July 13, 2017, 12 known to 3 p.m., where Clark County Government Center. And you can see it on the show page, and it's also the event page on Facebook. Now, when you read this flyer, and you read it in its entirety, it does say pre-job recruitment signups. 
Now, I don't exactly know what pre-job recruitment sign-up is, but it sounds like something in advance of something else. But it's that it says job, job, job. Don't miss out. And it specifies looking for 5,000 black men and women who want to go to work. Now, some can say this does not say that they're going to hire people for jobs. And I, I would agree with it. It does not say that. What it does say is jobs, 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 pre-job recruitment sign-ups, looking for 5,000 black men and women who want to work, over 25,000 union and non-union jobs available. Don't miss out. And then underneath, it talks about the Raiders, Raiders Stadium, Resorts World, Hotel and Casino, some, in other words, some other projects that are coming to Vegas. And it's estimated, according to some news accounts, that roughly 700 people, with a good percentage of them being African-American, black people, showed up. Now, the newspapers report that people were upset that there was almost a few fights. I was actually there, but check this out. They did not allow me in. As a matter of fact, they would not even allow me in my car to turn into the government center parking lot. What they said was, what they asked me, why was I there? So I says, I'm here for the, that there was a job flyer. The police officer from the, from the Metropolitan Police Department uh, says that bad information. It's tomorrow. Now, I've been somewhat intimately involved with this, actually opposed to the flyer and some of the other actions, but I knew that it was talking about Thursday. So when the police officer said it was bad information, I knew that the flyer might have been bad information, but the date on it was accurate for what they were planning on doing. They had the entryway blocked off with SUVs as well as uh, police motorcycles. It did not stop the people from coming, and it looked like something on television, like refugees that were coming from all over to get to a safe haven. I could see them carrying the flyers, many of them who were with companions, joking, looking, well, looking enthusiastic, hopeful. I was in line long enough to see some of them leave looking dejected, confused, and some, yes, angry, because there was no job. Now, there was a meeting with the stadium authority, and they were going to discuss the hiring practices, but they wound up postponing that until their next meeting in August which is a little odd to me, during the public comment section of the meeting, portion of the meeting. Of course, these people who came, many of them, some of them community folks that I knew, they spoke about the job that they want to get. Uh, Henry Thorne, many of you know him, Hen Hen. Uh, Gene Collins got up and spoke. Brian Harris, I believe, spoke, and I believe Stanley Washington spoke. We know him as Stan Washington. 
and they talked about jobs. Now, the interesting thing is they changed the, the agenda so that jobs are not going to be into August. So all of these people did come down, and they did fill up the meeting room as well as the pavilion outside. So it was a great show of force, you know, numbers. But what did it accomplish? And then some people say, well, why would someone put a flyer like this together as you read it can be misleading, having people think they're coming to get jobs? Now, it said that the pre-recruitment part was to get people's data, like data mining, get their contact information, the name, their phone number, the email address. So that when these jobs come, and this is the part where I have to speculate, that they will somehow give these names to the hiring authority for the stadium. Now, the stadium is going to be built by union laborers, union workers. So if you're not a union worker, it will be much more difficult for you to get a job whether you're in this database created by whoever created it, which is still undefined. But we know it's not the Raiders. It's not the uh, stadium uh, advisory board. And the churches of Southern Nevada, though their name and their logo is on the flyer, I believe they have mentioned that they were not behind it. Now, that brings us to another interesting twist of this particular, some people say misleading flyer, is that if the churches of Southern Nevada are not in support of the flyer, then why is their logo on the flyer? And was it authorized? If it was not authorized, Someone had some cojones to put someone else's logo on their document to advertise something that many say was misleading. Tell you, I was in the meeting with the church in the Southern Nevada Tuesday, and that's exactly what happened. They said that they didn't want any parts of it, that they were not involved. There was also another document that was disseminated. And this document was a community benefits agreement uh, document to be presented to the stadium uh, authority board. Again, with what looks like churches of Southern Nevada as some type of sponsor or, or writer or something on the document. As a matter of fact, I think I even have some pictures of the meeting. Now, I'm going to go a step further because on that community benefits agreement that supposedly got presented, it had a list of names of people for the board, the Community Oversight and Accountability Committee. committee. And then it gives recommendations. And it gave, for faith-based, a pastor, 
who in the meeting I went to at Church of Southern Nevada said that he wanted to make sure that his name was approved before it was disseminated on anything. It has an educator who I know who is a retired uh, administrator, retired principal. You all know her. Uh, It has for communication someone who's on the radio for KCEP each week. For community, it has another pastor who just happens, I believe, to own his own building for his ministry. And then underneath that, there's a name that says Rodney Smith. Now, I'm really the only Rodney Smith that I know in Las Vegas. There may be more. But I can tell you that I knew nothing about this document. And this is why I asked the question, do the ends justify the means? Because there's at least two documents, this uh, community oversight and advisory committee document to go with the community uh, benefits uh, document. And, oh, wow, it actually has a name on it. It's dated 7-11-17, Stanley, Washington, and certain black community leaders of Las Vegas proposal for Raider Stadium and Las Vegas Convention Authority Community Benefits Agreement. That's what it says. It says, again, it's dated, and it's, it says draft, what I had, seven eleven seventeen, Stanley, Washington, and certain, don't say who they are, it says certain black community leaders of Las Vegas proposal for Raiders Stadium and Las Vegas Convention Authority Community Benefits Agreement. And it lists some things that it says it wants. So, for example, for contracting, it says 25% of dollar amount of projects set aside for professional services, construction and goods and services for small businesses of color and veterans in Clark County, percent of the 25% for veterans. Now, if you recall at the beginning of the show, I said that there was a requirement for a, a mandated set aside, I believe it's by the state, that the Raiders operation for the stadium has said that they agreed to. And, but that was not 25%. That was a much lesser number. As a matter of fact, the actual number was 15% will be set aside for small businesses. It didn't say minority businesses. But what this community benefits agreement from Stanley Washington is proposing is 25% of dollars be set aside for professional services, construction, goods and services for small businesses of color and veterans in Clark County with 10% of the 25% for veterans. 
It also says business owners wishing to bid must demonstrate proof of residency in Clark County. one year prior to September 30th, 2016. It has a provision for minority workforce development and training, 50% mandate, and 75% goal of total workforce with 25% being African-American, primarily from the zip codes of 89106, 89030 and 89032. And I and it goes on. And here's one, different section. This is called Community Development and Business Investment Fund. Incubate 89106 and 89030. And it says Raiders or qualified investor to invest $100 million to incubate Community and Minority Small Business Development in 89106 and 89030. Did you, did you get that? $100 million to incubate Community and Minority Small Business Development in those zip codes. And then the final thing that I had is 10% of Raider game tickets to be discounted to 89106 and 89030 and veterans. That's the proposal. And I'll try to post this on the show page as well. And my name, or the name of a person who has the same name as me, was on this document. It almost is like someone was name dropping. But I know the person, it's Stanley Washington. Stanley Washington did not talk to me about putting my name on there. So even though it looks like my name, then maybe it's someone other Rodney Smith. But I do attend the meetings and have attended those meetings. And at no time was my name asked. Part of the discussion today, and and to everyone who's just joining in, welcome. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live. And the topic of our show today is, uh, misleading Las Vegas Radius Raider Stadium Jobs Flyer. And we're talking about a flyer that was disseminated throughout the Las Vegas uh, Valley, Clark County area that advertised jobs, 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 89106-89030, looking for 5,000 black men and women who want to go to work. About 700 Men and women, many of them, majority of them black, did show up at the government center, which this was supposed to take place, and there was no jobs to be had, but there was supposedly someone there waiting to sign them up for something. A part of what I wrote down for the show today is I said, do the ends suffice the means? I also said that is this an example of what happens when there is a void of leadership in the black community? Now, I know some people say, well, the Italians, they don't have a leader, the Irish, they don't have a, a leader, and so forth and so on. And that's true. But I will submit to you that I'm a black, and they don't have the issues that we do. Now, here is an individual and or individuals speaking for 
and, and that was the interesting thing about the flyer. It didn't say he was speaking for someone specifically. It said it was community, certain community people, certain community people. Well, if, I guess that's one that, like, look, so you give a document to somebody and you say that you're representing certain community people. I saw a lot wrong with this. An associate of mine said that I should try to find the good in it. And when I asked him what the good was, he says, the good is that it showed that black people want to work by the number of black people who showed up. Okay. That is assuming that if we believe black people don't want to work, also assuming that if we see that if we if we do believe that black people don't want to work, then will it change our opinion because we see black people showing up for jobs and black people always show up for jobs? And then what actually is the database for? What was the collection of names and contact information for? If you're not working for the stadium authority, thus having no authority, what is the use of signing people up? Signing people up for what? Oh, and by the way, what happened to that free OSHA 10 training? Did they have it and I just missed it? Or was that something else that did not come to fruition on the flyer? Again, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. I'm Rodney Smith in the air chair today, and we're talking about the misleading Las Vegas Raiders Stadium Jobs Flyer, advertised 5,000 jobs for black men and women, that has my name on another document, and no one really, organization really claims this. As a matter of fact, there are many people stood up at the meeting representing different organizations who disavowed the document and said that they weren't associated with it, including our local radio station. And we discussed this at the gathering yesterday. Last week I did a show on the lack of leadership in the African-American community. So what I'm asking today, is this whole situation with the misleading flyer, with the agreement document for the stadium advisory board, is this an example of what can happen when there is no leadership? Now, I mention that because I, I met with a demographer this week who wrote her doctoral thesis on West Las Vegas. One of the findings in this, in the survey, was that the people of the historic West Side had lost or had little to no confidence in organizations, politicians, leaders in general, nor did they have any confidence in churches and church leadership. Now, this is a study and research data. And if that is true, 
then who do they trust? Who like, well, Stan Washington? Now, one thing you have to give Stanley Washington credit for, he got plenty of publicity. The AP ran a story. ESPN ran the AP story. USA Today ran a story. Multiple media outlets ran a story about the fake stadium job sign-up. And people did get on camera because the news cameras came out, and the news cameras captured the number of people there. And some people say that's a win. Maybe. But do the means justify the end? Or do the ends justify the means? In other words, couldn't they have just put out, hey, come and show that you want jobs and we can sign you up for to keep you in contact with further development? Something like that versus jobs, jobs, jobs. Don't miss out. 5,000 jobs and specify black people. Now, I got a I got a copy of the poster of the flyer to disseminate through my network. And I remember I didn't because I read it jobs 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 5,000 jobs for black people. And I realized that wait a minute. Can a business actually legally say they're going to just give jobs to black people? I'm not saying that businesses shouldn't be able to say that, but I was wondering, was it legal to say that? And then it says 25,000 jobs. And I thought, 25,000 jobs. But I knew that there was no one there to give a job, not to mention 5,000 jobs specifically to black people, and then 20,000 additional jobs. So I didn't broadcast it through my network. And I remember I was on LinkedIn, and I saw one of my LinkedIn network folks who had advertised the flyer. And this was after Tuesday when it had all come to head. I realized the flyer didn't truly represent the churches of Southern Nevada, Southern Nevada, that it was kind of a rogue individual doing it. And I saw, you know, she, she was trying to get the word out, and I appreciate that, saying that there was jobs. And I contacted her because I understood she was trying to do a good thing to let her know that it wasn't accurate. And she, in a series of questions back and forth, she said, well, isn't the Churches of Southern Nevada a reputable community organization? And I said, well, they seem to be reputable to me, but even though their logo is on this flyer, they have said that they are not associated with it. And the young lady was a little confused. And she says, well, have you talked to them? Well, I I was in a meeting with them. I didn't need to call them. I was in a meeting with them. I'm giving her firsthand account to save, you know, to save faith. But what I got out of that is she was trying to do the right thing, to help people out, disseminate information about the potential to get these jobs. And it was what it was. Uh, there was some arguing back and forth in the meeting of who said what and when and what was actually supposed to go on. 
And one of the things that struck me was that there was no minute to determine who said what when. And for an organization, structurally, that's probably not the best way to be. So when we do have organizations, organizations organize. Do they perform in an, with structure and in an organized fashion? And if not, is this one of the things that can happen because of the lack of professionalism of the organization? These are questions that we as a community of people have to ask ourselves because who's to say now that someone saw the success of this flyer as far as getting publicity, and it definitely did get publicity, that they won't use the logos and the good names of other people to push whatever they're pushing. And then when will the people get disenchanted with these, this fake news, fake jobs, flyers, fake whatever. See, that's the part that the folks who says, ah, well, you know, at least it did this or that. But it didn't do what people thought it was supposed to do and will respond other actors possibly trying to do the same thing. Last week's discussion was about leadership and meeting with the demographer who did a doctoral thesis on West Las Vegas and talked about how people lost faith in the leadership. Isn't this an example of why they would lose faith? And now that this saga is over, right? I mean, it's done. This is Saturday. That was Thursday. Going to be put in place to prevent something like this from happening again. We have a plethora, copious quantity of community organizations, nonprofit, formal, and otherwise, supposedly representing some segment of the black population. If you were, whether it's a business person, a politician, an elected official, who is actually speaking for the black community? Does it need someone to speak for them? Should there be someone who speaks for them? That's something I think we should consider. Because there are things happening, and when I go to these various organizational meetings, most of the time, whatever is going to happen has been solidified And these groups are working after the fact, trying to kind of squeeze in or to get an addendment, some type of an exception. And most of the time they fail because it's already done. So do I believe that there needs to be someone, an organization that is speaking for black people in Las Vegas? Yes. How do we get there? How do we get the divine nine, the hundred black men, the hundred black women, the NAACP, the Urban League, 
the churches of Southern Nevada. Because there's more. It's not the only one. How do we get them to coalesce? And how do we get them to establish structure? And then how do we come up with an agenda and talking points that do represent the community? That can push forth the community's needs to our elected officials across the spectrum, and to the business community, especially entities with large building projects like the Raider Stadium, the Convention Center, the MGM expansion, Casino World, and so on. You know, those, those, are, all, those are all worthy endeavors, endeavors, but how do we get our voice heard? Have you ever been in a crowd and everybody's speaking at once, but they're not saying the same thing. It's it's loud. You're not able to understand everybody. After a while, you tune out, and you have a certain feeling about all of those people who are talking at the same time. I wonder when these various organizations that say that they're representing black people go to the same politician or the same businessman and they all give a different proposal. I wonder, is it like being in a crowd hearing a bunch of people speaking loudly at once about different things? I believe that's counterproductive for the good of the black community or any community. But we're talking about black people today. We're talking about the misleading flyer, which led to the discussion of lack of leadership. And then I talked about the doctor at UNLV whose thesis was studying the West Side and said that they had lost faith in their churches. They lost faith in their elected officials and politicians. They lost faith in nonprofits and organizations to represent them. What I believe we need, and please go to Our Own Voices Live on the event page on Facebook and tell me what your thoughts are, is in a fraternal order I'm associated with. They have what they call a head of houses meeting don't make any difference which house, blue house, doesn't make a difference. They all send their leadership like a conference to discuss issues, discuss things. And in that, after they discuss those things, they come up with an action plan. In other words, this is how we're going to do it this is what we're going to support. Years ago, I used to belong to a veterans group, and they used to meet off of Rancho, uh, I believe, Rancho in Charleston or Rancho in Shadow Lane. And it was like a heads up houses meeting. You had the American Legion, you had the VFW, you had the DAV, you had the Military Order of the Purple Heart. You know, you had all of these various auxiliary organizations 
and they would send their leadership to this meeting. And what it would do is it had the head of the Southern Nevada uh, Veterans Health District, and she or he, whoever it was at the time, would talk about concerns of these groups, uh, what had been done about concerns that had been expressed at the previous month's meeting, and they talked about new concerns, and they also talked about things that were coming up, changes. And those were very beneficial because then at the organization's meetings, they would discuss those things and pass it out to their body. It was a great way to disseminate information back and forth. I don't know if they still have that. The gentleman, uh, Mr. McGowan, veteran, Army, Special Forces, someone who I was very close to, he's the one who had attended and he had gotten ill and he asked me to go for him. I went representing the military or the Purple Heart. Uh, so I'd been to a few of these meetings. I thought, this is a great idea. Could you imagine the power and the coordination that we would have if we got the Divine Nine? And, yes, I keep calling the Divine Nine because in their oath, most of them have something about leadership and community. The ancients. There's supposed to be and always have been leaders of the community from our founding fathers on up to today. Could you imagine if just the Greek letters and the ancients got together and coordinated? Now, how about this? The leadership, and I, and I know the leadership of the 100 black men, he's also a veteran, do an amazing thing. He has so much to offer in helping folks organize. But could you imagine if he and his organization, 100 Black Men, were able to coordinate with the 100 Black Women and that they both were able to coordinate with the churches of Southern Nevada, the Urban League, the NAACP, the Clark County Black Caucus, Urban Chamber of Commerce, And they sent their leadership, not the whole body. They sent their leadership. They get in a conference room, and then they talk about things. How do we proceed from here? If the people don't have confidence in their churches, which through the history of black people is really where a lot of our leadership has come from, but they say they still want it. And oftentimes what I hear in the community is, well, where are the churches? Where is the pastors? Where is the Fowlers? Where is the Cheney, the Williams, the Rogers, the West? Where are they? They're doing their thing. And most of them have, if not all of them, are involved. But how well are they coordinating with one another? Are they on the same page? Should they even be on the same page? What I'm asking all of you, if you attend church, see your fellow congregants and ask them. Tell them you want to know where do you want and what do you want for the African-American community? If you're a member of the Divine Nine, then push it upwards that you want to discuss 
the agenda for our community. Let them know that you want the leaders of your respective organizations to meet the leaders of the other organizations to coordinate where do we go from here? What is it that we actually want? And how can we pool our resources? You know, we often talk about an economic standpoint, pooling our dollars, and that is something that we need to do as well. And we need to do that right now because that's something we don't need anybody else to do. We can do it on our own. Every individual can do that. But what we also have to do is if we want to have political power. Now, political power, don't be fooled. Political power is not separate from economic power because many groups have set-asides for them. There are subsidies for farmers. I mean, look at in Las Vegas, in Nevada, you can buy recreational marijuana. Did you know that they, like, called the state of emergency because they didn't, they ran out? The supply is too short because of the distributors, because the only people who can distribute marijuana is alcohol distributors, and there isn't enough. Now, maybe they should broaden that to of the groups of people who can qualify, whatever the qualification is. But what I'm saying is we have state of emergency for that that the governor called. So for those industries, they are it's a state of an emergency for them not to make money. But for black people just trying to get by. We have to organize. We have to be a force to reckon with. And I'm not talking about a military force, but there does need to be a fighting force. There needs to be, you know, it's interesting, that community benefits agreement. How about if we had something similar for North Las Vegas and Las Vegas for our city government? How about if we had something similar for the Clark County School District? This is what we want in our schools. You know, we're number, I believe, 49 now. Well, this is what we want to change it. We want an inclusive curriculum to teach Native American history, to teach African and African American history and culture. How about if we pooled our, our collective resources of organizations, I'm talking about human capital, so that the situations like the flyer doesn't happen? So that if something like that looks like it's going to happen, there's a chain that you can call the communication chain to get the word up so that action can be taken. Am I really asking for too much? I think I'm going to go a little deeper into this on another show. But for those of you who are here, and you don't have to be in Las Vegas, this is where you are. Let me ask you a question. Something terrible happened. There's a great need in the community. There's an officer-involved shooting of your loved one who didn't have a gun, was not aggressing towards an officer, and the officer shot him dead. Who would you turn to? Who could help you? Do you know who that is? Who could you rally for support? 
And if you're in charge of an organization or in an organization, do you know what your organization wants for its community, no matter what you represent? But we're talking about black people today. What is your agenda for your community? Some people say, well, we don't need an agenda. Well, in the historic west side of Las Vegas, it's being gentrified as I speak to you now, and it's been over a course of years, it's being gentrified. As a matter of fact, it has a Starbucks. And one of the things that the Martin told me is that when you see a Starbucks come into a poor or minority African-American community, that is like a flag being planted saying gentrification is here. The demographer, and I'm going to try to get her on the show too because I think the information she had was important. She said that who owns the land on the west side? And another important thing is when did the land change hands? So in other words, a lot of land has changed hands in the historic west side, but it left black people's hands and it went into other people's hands. Just quiet, but it's a lot of it, and it's connected. So what it did, what happens is developers have bought the land. Sometimes the homeowners can still stay there. They're leasing or renting, or they've been paid for their land and there's some agreement because they don't want to just, you know, they don't want to slowly move the people out because then there might be some objections. Usually what they do is, once they have the land, they have the plan, and they're ready to go to work, then that's when the people get moved out. That's happening to the West Side. As a matter of who say we need to do what we have to do to hold on to the West Side, believe it or not, there's very little actually to hold on to. And, and again, we'll talk about that. But I just want to show you the importance of the importance of why we need it. it doesn't make a difference if anybody else has it or not, but the importance of why we need to have a cohesive organizational structure with talking points, speakers, people to disseminate information, we need it. That way if somebody, oh, there's a flyer that's going out by so-and-so, is this good? Oh, no, that's not. Right, you could squash it. One of the things that I was told when I talked about the flyer, hey, it's too late, caused more confusion. I don't know how. We have to do better if we want better. And the leaders, you got to lead better. You got to build up some support of the people that you're trying to help. Or it's a tug of war between you and them as well as people that you need to help you help them. It becomes ineffective. So that fake stadium flyer, it's as if it pulled, or I say misleading, it's as if it pulled the cover back of the dysfunction of the African-American community. Some people say, well, we don't need leaders, and we'll keep getting what we have. Because someone will step up into the vacuum of leadership. Someone will act. And because you don't have leadership, 
and most of the time you don't have structure. And you don't have coordination between the various people who say that they speak for us. I mean, just imagine whatever company you work for and you see a commercial representing your company, spokesman that you don't know, talking about things that are antithetical to what your company believes in. Do you imagine that? What would you think the reaction from your leadership would be? Or maybe you're a business owner and you see someone else talking for you about something you don't do or advertising prices that are not yours, that could be hurtful to you and your business. Yes, it is important that we establish leadership. That flyer, the misleading flyer for Las Vegas stadium jobs, nothing else good comes from it. I hope what it highlights is how vulnerable vulnerable we are to anybody coming in and speaking for us, how deadly it is to us not to be organized and not to have an agenda, not to have structure, and then we'll do something about it. We're going to talk about this at next week's gathering from 12 to 2 next Friday at the Westside Bistro, 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And we're going to do probably another show that's totally focused on how our organ- the importance of our organizations, how we need to coalesce around our organizations. The work that the organizations, the good work that they're doing that we never know about, the things that they have to offer that could benefit us that we never know about because they're so small, maybe one or two people, and that's all they have. They don't have a communications department. They don't have anyone to do social media. So they don't do it, but they are doing the work. There's many of them doing the work. But there's many of them who are working against one another. And I'm calling. And I'm just Rodney. I'm just, I'm just a citizen. But I'm asking you to be a part of it so it's that we call for our organizations, our churches, to coalesce around one another. That our big pastors, big churches, they know who they are, you know who they are, that they'll start leading us in a way that's going to benefit us in a large-scale manner, not just their flock but the community of churches and the congregants that they represent. The community. Wouldn't you say it's time? I am Rodney Smith in the air chair solo today without my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas. Hope we shall be back soon. The topic of our show today was Las Vegas Radium Stadium Jobs Flyer, misleading jobs flyer. And I talked about the flyer. I talked about the... Uh, stadium uh, authority board meeting where roughly 700 people showed up, black people, for jobs, that the flyer was, as they mistook the words on the flyer to advertise, as the flyer was designed. The organizations that disavowed the flyer, I've talked to you about the need of organizational leadership and structure and cohesion and coalescence. I gave examples like the Veterans Advisory Board, where veterans of 
their various veterans organizational leaders would get together each it might have been each quarter, but it was at least each quarter, but I think it was each month. And they would talk about the needs of veterans. They'd come up with a plan. We need a plan in the black community. Thank you all for listening. I hope you will tune back in next week to another episode of Our Own Voices Live, and I hope you will share this show. And I also hope that you will talk some of the points that I hope I made that resonated with you in this show to your friends, your family, to your leaders, and if you're in an organization, to the peers in the organization so that you can eventually get to the leaders in the organization. If you are just a congregational member, then so that it get enough of your congregational members to pass it up to the deacon board, the deaconesses. If you're a member of the Divine Nine, Pass it up in your monthly meetings. Let's go. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.